Hello and welcome to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. My name is Sean and I'm with the Evolving Wild Twins, Josh and Luke. And tonight we're finally excited again. After a long <laughs> April, <laughs> we're finally at the playoffs. And like it's just great to be here and actually have something to talk about. I know we have a full the last couple episodes have been we've gotten like we've been before the show started we're like what the hell are we going to talk about and then we somehow managed to get an hour in although I will say that we've had some good content yeah I'm been, still thinking about episodes. the uh, the the lights on the ice uh you know getting light up ice for offside rules and whatnot but anyway um yes we are uh Luke and I are, are pre- I would say we're pretty exhausted at this point yes but not just I mean yes a little bit because it's the end of the season but also this weekend has been very busy for us uh getting a lot of things together but all of the, the fruits of our labor are now ready to share with our playoff previews here. Yeah, so we are recording this at 9 p.m. Eastern time, uh, basically. <laughs> why are you why are I'm you so proud of up? you, Luke. I am so why? proud of you, Because I know that people are going to want to know that, because, you know, we're recording this at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. The best time. And um, the we're going to be going through all the series um and yeah i don't know why i'm doing this it's on Sean, a sunday I thought, it's on a sunday well, i don't it's may i should 1st. let sean do it's this 8 p.m central time the playoffs start tomorrow though i haven't even looked at what games are on there's like what two tomorrow three uh, so know. so i don't know if you saw like i i was able to sort of pick out the whole schedule ahead of ahead of uh the schedule actually coming out really proud of myself this is that was the most um i guess fun part of the whole playoffs for me <laughs> although i thought there was gonna be five games like a, a site that i looked at for like game times like what um channels that they would be on like was a little bit wrong and i, I thought there was like supposed to be five games on sunday and three games on monday and that's wrong i guess it's they're taking four and four but i had the, all the series right and everything so really proud of myself <laughs> for wow. that Sh- shout out to sean yeah he didn't, sh- I didn't i haven't seen any of this work but he did so, it so I, did I not share Google? Anywho, um, <laughs> you, uh, no. So no. so this will drop on on Monday, and it will be the Leafs and Lightning, the Bruins, Canes, the uh, Oilers and Kings, and Hold on, that's the, I that's I, the I predicted this. I I did this whole thing, and then I forget like who the other series is. Uh, Minnesota and St. Louis, right? They don't play uh, tomorrow. Pull it up now. I think they play Tuesday, unless I'm wrong. Don't they play tomorrow? I don't know. We've been so busy. I haven't even actually looked at when the game. They is. play tomorrow. I just looked at it. It's, oh, it's, it's right, right here. Anyway, this is beside so, the point. And if you if you followed Kevin Hart's Twitter, you knew it leaked that the uh, the Kings would have a game, um, on Friday night, uh, where Kevin Hart was originally supposed to perform. Oh, I see. Whatever he does that night, so that like leaked too. So anywho, really proud of myself for that. Um, <laughs> good work, Sean. Good work. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we will be covering. We if you, if yeah, when this will come have uh, when this will be released, we will also have up our full playoff preview on evolvinghockey.com. Um, it should be the first thing that the first article, but we'll have a tweet out as well with all of the uh, the coverage of it. Um, so check that out as well. If you want to read along or look along while we cover some of these, that would be a great companion piece to the podcast. It really would be. And also, like, total side note here. Did you see the, th- the whole thing with Tyler Sagan? So Tyler Sagan thought there was going to be a series against – he would be playing against um, Colorado. And so he wanted to go to a Justin Bieber concert in Denver. I guess Justin Bieber's going to be there at the same time. And so he, I think he booked the tickets to go to a Justin Bieber concert in Denver, and then they end up 
playing um, Calgary instead. <laughs> yeah. And so he's very sad that he can't see Justin Bieber. But didn't that switch like the last game? Yeah, it switched it? the last game. Yeah. Nashville yeah. blew a 4 0 lead against the Coyotes. But and- you know, like Tyler Sagan has absolutely no clue about like the standings either like i think he's just like <laughs> uh, no mean, brain cells just vibes like he's no, just chilling there i have to think that that veteran players in the league are aware of what their the potential game outcomes are at towards the end of the season it's tyler sagan <laughs> I, okay. I don't know anyway I don't know we we are we have much to cover and we need to I stop know, we, i know <laughs> so we have you, to get you want to get to talking about um yeah i've spent wait, all weekend which, which series <laughs> did you say was like the worst oh well josh did like the one that the team that you ignore the most is like the pittsburgh penguins yes which i really don't think you do no and i kind of do that so yeah there's kind of like there so i i how we do this is we divvy up the uh, the write-ups for between – it's actually – well, it's between the three of us, but I do the writing. Luke doesn't do any writing anymore. I, I don't know the last time Luke wrote anything. I have several things in the works. He's got – he's just he, – they're hidden away. They're didn't, secrets. Didn't he, like – he has, like, a at least a good draft going here, like the relative to teammate metrics or that No, drop. skater no, similarity. The quality and, of competition, quality of teammates. I've got, like, 2,000 words on that. And then and I have, like, 2,000 words on the X-Car model. The last, thing, the last thing I think Luke wrote that actually came out, I think, was the penalty goals thing. No, it was the RAPM. Didn't you write the penalty goals after that though? No, I didn't. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. We're getting way. Yeah, we're getting way. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's been it's been two months of us like fumbling around trying to find content to cover it. Now we have an actual thing to go over, and we can't get to it. Okay, (laughs) I'm gonna just start here. So no, to answer answer no, we were I was trying to start here on the Pittsburgh series. Oh, okay. This is my transition. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, I I I covered five of them. Sean took three of those series, and I started with the one that I felt like I didn't know the, the most about, which is the Penguins, because. I don't. I haven't cared. I mean, I, I mean, no offense to Pittsburgh fans, but the Penguins are really boring to me. They've been boring <laughs> to me for a long time, um, mostly because I don't care about the like Crosby, Malkin, Latang. They're all old news, and you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of being a little tongue in cheek here. But that was the one I, car- I started, and it was a little bit hard for me to go through. Although, as I wrote up, they're just a team full of uh, Mark Donks. Really, that's the whole team still. Like, it's still, it's so funny how the thought that you know, Fulman tweet is still lingers and is still uh uh on point it's years still later. yeah it's still it, it's still yeah, it has so that relevance. was the, that was the series that i started with but uh, you know i it, it's it's a little bit of a joke i think okay so are we gonna we're starting with with that pittsburgh new, new york yeah for what, what are the odds okay um, so i'm just gonna to first start. of all i'm gonna do a little overview of the model how it works so okay. if, if this is the same very similar framework to for what we did last year I think it's similar to how a lot of people um, model these things. So it's also similar to how we do our point, team point projections. So we're, we, I do a um, Monte Carlo simulation where um, we kind of rig up the matchups. I sim out the um, each game that they're playing, the home and away teams for each series. And then we predict uh, game outcomes for each game. So when, so in this case, when... Hold on, let me see. I can never. Uh, when Pittsburgh in the first two games, New York's the home team. In the second two games, Pittsburgh's the home team, etc. And so, um, and then the the inputs to that model to predict the game outcomes are um, player ratings that are well. It's multiple different metrics that are predicted values for each player on each team, and we do a, a predicted X bar value and our own game score model that was built to specifically predict game outcomes um 
And then for goalies, it's like regressed versions of a fan, all situations, Fenwick save percentage, and a regressed version of a um, gar rate, which is just goalie garb per 100 Fenwicks against, I think. Um, yeah, so that's basically it. So as of right now, the rosters are from rosters are from Cap Friendly, um, and they were these are they are our predicted outcomes might change slightly because I'm going to be re. Um, get, I'm reacquiring the the rosters later tonight before we actually publish. But and, and there might be a few small adjustments. Yeah, based there might on be a small, a few small adjustments. Um, based yeah, based on reporting. Um, but generally, I would think that the percentages, the probabilities, should be within at least two percent plus or minus, and probably less than that. They'll probably about basically stay the same. Um, yeah. So so to summarize, the model is mostly just a. You, it's kind of like our game probability model, right? I mean, that's it's more yeah. or less the basis of it is that. But then we then use um, that to then sim out the series for every yes. team. That's yes. that's kind of a, a, a quick overview. And so, it's not really any different than it was last year. No, and without further ado... <laughs> I think that's like the fourth time you said I know, that. I know, I know, I know. It is. <laughs> so let me just get the actual game outcomes. So we have results of probability of winning in um, number of games... Hold on, that didn't work. Why didn't that work? <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Boy. You want us to stall for you, Lou? Uh, well, here. We've been just... stalling. Okay, so the first the series, we have Pittsburgh Penguins at New York Rangers. We have the um, the Rangers at about 56.5% to win that series. So that's the first one. And I am trying to get this plot so I can see in how many games that is. I'm going to say it's going to be New York in six, but I don't know. As the most likely outcome. As the most likely outcome. It might be New York in seven, but probably not. Um, but anyway, you guys keep talking. Let me okay, see. So, so to give a little bit of background, we talked about this a little bit before, but the way this works, given that historically and continually home teams have usually win about 55% of their games, um, that is essentially that's the benchmark for a 50-50 series. So in this case, the Rangers have a slight edge, but I would say that they're more or less this is like an even series. But they have home team, they have home ice. Yeah. So, so we have we have um, Rangers in basically six, but also very close to seven games. Yeah. So it'll be a really close, and I think the coverage. I mean, just like doing some like looking into the stats and looking at kind of the models and whatnot is that the. Um, I think that the Penguins have like they kind of have an oddly deep team. Like they have a lot of like secondary pieces that are um, like uh, like Evan Rodriguez and Heinen, um, and then they've had like you know Chad Ruwal and and uh, like Matheson have had really good years this season as well. And are, are, it's kind of like a lot of these. I joke about it, but it's like you know, a lot of people like talk. You don't hear a lot of people talking about like the depth players in the Penguins, but that's kind of the reason why. Obviously, Crosby's been pretty good this year. Um, he's been a little. He's struggled a little bit defensively. Um, and then the other the other thing is um, is their goaltending is is I think one of their biggest strengths. It might I mean I think do we confirm it's Jari? So I'm gonna say is that the name, Luke? I'm asking a question to both of you. Yeah, it I think is we clarify that it's Jari. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yes. This see this okay. is the thing I don't pay attention to the Penguins, so I don't know how to pronounce their <laughs> players' names. Uh, I'm just I'm just joking. But okay, that's so kind of as of right now, um, Jari is on cap friendly listed as week to week with a foot injury. So Did they I have, completely missed that. I'm gonna have he to go is, and rewrite. <laughs> so we had Casey to Smith is listed as the starter right now. Okay. So another clarification here is that I so uh, well we'll get to this when we talk about Colorado and the and the uh, Saros not being in. But goalies 
have probably a, a less they're less impactful than people might think um in our models um so um the smith versus jari is probably like a one or two percent change it depending upon um because like we our models don't really dislike the smith um so it, it it's not a, it wouldn't be a huge change give to to switch in um, Jari for DeSmith based on our models. Regardless, that, that's the, regardless. The, the yeah. Penguins and the Rangers are, I mean, almost entirely Shesterkin, obviously, but they also, I mean, I, you know, Chris Kreider and Zibanejad and Fox and uh, Miller, um, I think they have some really, really good players. They just don't really have a lot of depth. And they are, I, I believe, based on like a lot of the Rapham differentials and even strength numbers, they're like the worst team. Now, a little bit of that is, um, I think the worst team heading the playoffs, uh, I think the Blues are kind of close, but some of this had like. Hold on, what? But to some extent, like you saying, the Rangers are the worst team heading in the playoffs. Well, no, in terms I, of like controlling, are you not listening? Look, I'm t- Rapham differential. Oh, I'm talking about okay, Rapham differential sorry. on the side. Yes, I'm, I'm saying not. I'm not saying that the worst team. I'm saying their skaters this year have the, I think the lowest Corsi four differential per sixty at even strength, like Rapham, which is you know. But they've gotten since like March, they've definitely improved. But a lot of that, I think, if you actually go dig into it, the skater schedule has been kind of like a little bit favorable for them, especially in the last couple of weeks, like post trade deadline. So it's kind of like a grain of salt a little bit. Um, I, I think it's pretty clear that like the whole team is just but they also have some pretty high, you know, some firepower on the um, top line um, and in their, you know, top, you know, defense defensemen or like s- several other defensemen. So um, I think both like that's essentially kind of, I think lines up with a very even series with the Rangers having home ice overall. That was kind of my overall assessment of the series. Now, Sean has things to add, I'm assuming. Well, not necessarily. I just wanted to make sure you brought up like the recency effect. Like I, for whatever reason, I kind of like really like the Rangers. I don't know why. I, I, I like I can't put my 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 finger on exactly what I like about the Rangers, but like something to me since like November felt like this would be like a dangerous team, and then like post deadline they've been like really good. So it's Andrew um, Cop. Andrew Cop is the is the yeah. whole driving force. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine with me. I, I'm a big Andrew Cop fan. I've been a fan of his for a while. So yeah, that's, but that's I, fine. I'm gonna because he. It's is... also good to see my boy Frank from down the street on the first line. I guess with Savannah Jad and Kreider, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's mostly that from a um, like both teams are weird because like they have. Well, we'll see about goaltending. I guess I should have looked more into the the. I didn't hear about the Penguins goaltending. Uh, well, we had to write these up before the rosters were finalized. Yeah. Like that's just the thing. So some of our write ups we're going to have to go adjust after we kind of check the final rosters just to make sure. Um, like I think um, he's been out though for like a month, hasn't he? When I saw him and or when I saw the Penguins last play in Boston, like DeSmith was in and Dryde was out. Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna. Like, just, this has been a thing for a while. I mean, I I, I preface kind of, this by it, saying that I don't follow the Penguins at all, and I am bored. But it is them. kind of funny looking at our kind of rosters right now. Like the Penguins don't have a defenseman below average in our projections, which is kind of interesting. Like normally, um, like their their top four. I mean, five. Yeah, like like Latang, Matheson, Marino, Pedersen. Um, Man, Marcus Pedersen. I always get all of the Johansons and. What's well, it's hilarious uh, because the Penguins were a team that was pretty hard for me in the in, doing the expansion stuff last summer to pick like which player they were gonna because they had, but like I remember like Mike Matheson was like I I mean I thought they now he has a lot left on his contract which I think I remember having conversations with some people and they were like well why would Seattle take that contract and it's like well he's still pretty good and he's been I mean by a couple of our metrics he's like one of their best been one of their best players I think like um this year now 
you know. So yeah, I think the series this series is very. I think it's very close. I think this one's going to be. Yeah, um, I think the the, the Rangers Penguins is going to be but really close. I always am a little bit. I'm not skeptical, but it's when you rely as heavily on a goaltender as the Rangers do, it's it's a little bit tricky in the playoffs if like if there's any faltering there from the goaltending in like a couple games. Like it becomes very it's thin ice, I, I guess I'll say. Granted, you I don't, wanna go. I, I think like, Shesterkin is someone I trust. Yeah. But no, no, I know. But like I, it's the I playoffs. It's seven games, yeah. right? So we'll see. We'll see. Um so moving on to the other boring series in the East. <laughs> <laughs> the Panthers and the Capitals I think this is a series that possibly could end in three. <laughs> I know I keep saying this. New, you, Luke said yesterday he literally had to like look it up to make You're sure. You're so here. Here's the thing: if somebody doesn't know, if you haven't messaged or interact, interacted with Sean online, he he like doesn't come off as being funny, like in the way when when you talk to him. So he's like. They're going to win it in three. And I'm like, I th- these are seven-game series. Why am I going to look this up to make sure that they have to win four to no, I, don't, I think you just completely missed it because it's like it just means like they'll be so much more dominant than whatever. Yeah, no, I so, get it. It's a joke. I get the joke, but that's not uh, – that. I, 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 no, it doesn't matter. Continue. Anywho, anywho, I did not realize like how many goals Florida scored at a rate. So – if you look in the evolving hockey database, I wrote this down. Um, since like 2007, 2008, no team has scored more than four goals per hour, except at all situations, except for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, yeah. no, their no, offense, their offense is terrifying. Yeah, like they yeah, the are... Panthers are have been incredible. It's really funny. Also, I was realizing that I think it it's just been now. I would need to kind of go look into this, but I think that. Uh, they when I did our awards thread today, just looking into individual players, it's there was really not any Florida players in there except for Ekblad and the Norris, and it's kind of funny because I think it kind of speaks to just they've been such a deep team, um, and their offense has kind of been all throughout their lineup and not just like kind of being driven by a handful of players. Right. I mean, I guess point production maybe like says a different story. But yeah. Like, yeah. That's not exactly what. <laughs> we're here for right like yeah sammy reinhardt's been terrific just gonna start calling them sammy um <laughs> marchment mason marchment yeah who's been like uh did you have him in your selkie area like yes at the, the bottom tier or whatever yep. like he's been phenomenal if he played a full season he, he probably could be i don't think anybody's reaching bergeron but um but anyway yeah, like so let's oh, super sorry. deep team yeah i was we didn't even say the projection that i had for, for <laughs> well, this like so, we know it's got to be like so right 75 so we have florida over washington at 83 and a half percent oh okay so 83 actually 83.8 i mean that'll probably fluctuate a little bit when i do this in but um yeah so um yeah i mean that's that's the third highest probability for winning among all series in the first round i'm sure that everyone can guess what the other two are but yeah i mean <laughs> washington's still it, yeah. like yeah. a decent team right and like yeah it was tough to so yours your boring team or the team you never bother with is like the penguins and like mine is like definitely washington just, <laughs> i don't know and then it's like you look at it and it's like well i don't know they're kind of like average i guess at like even strength and they have like a little bit of a shooting boost which they've always been able to kind of outscore their expected goals and they have like average goaltending their power play sucks well not <laughs> sucks it's like middle of the pack but like there's just something about it you like watch it and it's just like 
not good, especially like for a power play that has Ovi on it for like an entire two minutes. And they let up penalty, uh, they let up shorthanded goals at like a high rate against like an electric Florida Panthers penalty kill. It's just, it just feels like it's gonna be a slaughterhouse. But I mean, crazier things have happened. Yeah. Also, I should note that because I'm 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 looking at the rosters for the Capitals because they did uh, dip a little bit, um, and. We don't have. I'm wondering where. Oh, Verona's not on the Capitals anymore. What am I talking about? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Did you not know that? No, I knew that. I just was like, for a split second, I was worried that I didn't have Verona on there, and I was like, oh, he plays for the Red Wings now. There's a lot going yeah. on, and covering yeah. all of this makes it's me. Yeah, but Brino. he's like, he's like the sweetest. Like, who doesn't? No, make I know Jay that Verana? he. He, but I know it's because all Capitals fans keep talking about how they don't have Verona anymore. So I keep thinking that he's on the Capitals, but he's not on the Capitals. But everybody loved Verona, so that's where I got. But anyway, yes, we okay. um, based on our kind of our projections, the, the 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 forward group for the Capitals, we are not very high on. Uh, they don't. I mean, I'm, you know, I I, I re- refuse to kind of talk about Ovechkin now because I think our models are uh, very are not as favorable uh, towards him in his older age i think um and he's just been scoring a bunch of goals but kind of been having rough times elsewhere on the ice but um we do have orlov and carlson as like i don't know they don't play together do they i don't think no so orlov plays with jensen okay yeah so they the capitals do have um, some very good defenders and then also um our model really likes uh vanacek yeah. um, and, and shout out to Connor mcmichael as well <laughs> he leads the team over four minutes and uh uh XG differential per sixty. Wrap him. He's not on our on the <laughs> rosters right Connor, now. Connor, we traded Connor my um, OHL championship year in um, in Hamilton for uh, Robert Thomas. Just quick facts there. So good to see. I love. I still love Connor. I, yeah. I guess see, I haven't checked the Washington because you cover these, Sean. I haven't looked at the rosters, but I just was looking at some stuff and he shows. He, up he's and, like the. He's going to be the new Verano. He's okay. like exiled um, from Peter Laviolette, and I don't know. That's right. See, this is like the yeah. thing with coaches. I, I'm like, I forgot Laviolette is coach because, like, we're covering this, this. Full disclaimer: We are covering the teams that we don't talk about. I, I'm trying to think of the last time we talked about it. Well, we talked about Orlov last episode. Yeah, we talked about Orlov and we mentioned Carlson last. But episode, we're we're, but. we're we're kind of. But yeah, so it is. Um, I think this is one of the more heavy favorites. From we've been doing these this is our second year doing these now and well I mean in this version in we've this done version them for several, yes a lot this. but yes we that. have Florida in in most likely Florida in five and then Florida in four and six are equally as likely um, so sorry Capitals fans but this one's going to be rough uh, well we'll the, see the Panthers see, have have a it would very be, very it, good team I think I made a tweet around the trade deadline or I put out a tweet around the trade deadline and said that the most hockey thing would be the Panthers losing the first round after yeah. having done their I deadline mean, the deals. Panthers looking at their roster I know it's, it's, they have such an insane top end in both yeah, forwards I, and defensemen I just think that it's, yeah, it's we're huge on Forsling I did I, not I think realize there, our stuff I like, think there are maybe some teams that match up well against I, I against Florida but I don't think the Capitals are one of those teams no. I mean, they they have to be the the cup favorites from the East. Yeah. Right? Well, I don't know. I mean, the East like, East is rough. They're all there's all the teams there. Are, Let's I just mean, say it's anyway. better to be a Western Conference yes. team this season. It is much better to be a Western Conference team, right, unless you're on. the Predators. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll move on to Bruins and Canes. Yeah. So, so 
the we have actually which i've seen some other models but we have boston with a slight edge at 51.7 percent to win um over carolina as their only away team favored in our model um now that is very very close it's um one of the closest probabilities um that we have um but it's it's kind of, you know it's kind of unfortunate with Anderson being out for the Canes because he's had a really good year. Um, so and I'm just getting this on the fly. Josh, take over for me. What? Well. No, well, Sean covered it. You, I want to hear did Sean's, cover it, yeah. Sean's opinions on this. Oh yeah, I just like I don't know. I I just don't. This is the one that where Sean disagrees with the model. I think. Yeah, I just wait. Are you modeling an Olmark finally? Yes, Olmark is okay. in. Um. Yeah, it's just like one. I don't know. That Canes team is like so deep that, and the Bruins just don't have any depth. But like the Bruins have stars, so it's like it's just like a weird. It's like the opposite dynamics where I don't think there's like true like stars on the Canes. They're sort of like they almost like play to like greater than a sum of their parts. But like it's at least like a sum of their parts. Like there's no like terrible anchors. Like the. Um, your model always used to be high on the Canadians, like kind of for this idea that like, there's no like true anchors that are like bringing this team down. But like, I don't know. You have the Bruins with Patrice Bergeron who somehow at what's he like 36, yeah. Yeah, whatever, however old he is, he like ages like a fine wine. Literally. I think he could play longer than Yager like this. Yeah. He could play as long as he wants. Doesn't even matter with the injuries. He's just obscene. Um, and arguably having like a career year somehow. Yeah. Um, you have Bradley Marchand, um, and both of them are like lifting up Jake DeBrusque, like who requested for a trade and has stayed along and has like become hot again. Um, not talking about his attractiveness, but um, <laughs> and then you have like Taylor Hall with David Pasternak, who are like yanking up Eric Halla, who's like terrible in the evolving hockey model. And, uh, yeah, so, like, they just don't have much depth, and yes. I just don't I, – I will. that's that's the part that gets me. I will say that our models have also been pretty favorable of Boston over the years. Like, we've always been a little bit higher on Boston, I feel like, than some of the other well, models so, have and been. This, so. is, this is the thing, because you wrote up the model, Sean, and then I kind of told you after – No, wrote I, up the series. You wrote up the series, not the model. I'm going to have to do that. So you wrote up the, the, the series, and then I told you the percentages, and you were like, what – <laughs> you're like what when it's funny because i look at the rosters that i have so for those who remember and this is how we'll do it this year is that we have basically i attempt to assign a single value for each player um overall and that's combining the previously mentioned model inputs that we use so that's the x-bar projection and our own game score projection but when we actually model the game um predict the game outcomes the inputs are those all split into their own different predictors so different things are interacting in a way so you would expect that like all you know if a, the higher an average team's game score is for their defensemen of the away team that that would be bad for the home team winning but sometimes it doesn't always work like that. So there are things that interact in the model that are kind of hard to interpret because it's all split out. But when we tested it, this is the way that it worked the best. And this is we got the best out of sample predictions for these. So it's just kind of interesting because I think, like you said, Sean, is that Boston is a very top heavy team. 
but that kind of lifts up the lower end of their roster. Um, whereas Carolina is a very deep team, but they have kind of a couple like, yeah, I mean, but, but we, we are not super fond of Ranta and the only really below average players that we have is Martinook and Domi. Um, but they kind of don't have quite the top end talent that Boston does. So I think that's kind of where we're seeing this kind of um, discrepancy from what it kind of looks like versus what the model's showing. Okay. If that makes sense. And then to move on before we take a break, because again, we could just talk forever. Let's address the elephant in the room. <laughs> the, uh, I like how the we lightning, went. We went the we lightning in the leaves. We didn't stick to the divisions. We went back and forth between the divisions, right? Like, didn't we? So, sh- if you notice, like I did, like the Tuesday games first, then the Monday. Oh, games. Oh, okay, I see. Okay. okay, all right. So Sean's keeping us in order. Yes. I guess that it, it makes sense. But I was like, I was like, wait, these. I'm getting better with identifying the divisions in the Eastern Conference and the teams that are in them. So <laughs> Do you I just, not know them? I'm, I'm, I mean, sometimes I get confused because they're all the same cities to me. Well, and it this- does. We've talked about this. <laughs> the Pacific and Central make sense because yeah, it's it's Central. We're not going over this. Paci- we don't have time to get in. We this. don't have time for this. I, it was a joke. I was making yes. a joke because we've had a few fumbles where like one of us has missed. We've messed up one of the uh, one of the divisions in the East because it's not I didn't grow up I didn't really grow up watching the, the East that much. Anyway, the last series is Sean is referring to is uh, Tampa at Tampa at Toronto, correct? Yes. Yeah, Toronto's the home 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 has home dice. Yes. Um. So yeah, Luke, what do we have? We got Toronto at fifty two point six percent. We have the passion. The passion. We just don't have the passion as much as a few of the other models. I think. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really gotten a chance to look at what some of the other public. Okay, okay have. Sean, the Leafs fan and Bruins fan. What's your take on the on the this series? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. I'm dreading it already. You're dreading it's it. It's just already. not. It's not gonna be fun. Uh, like Sheldon Keefe already came out and he was like, I "Think it's gonna be." I don't remember exact words. I think you said it was like, violent. It's gonna be violent. Yeah, it's gonna be like a violent series, and it's like, well, this is not how the team's built to be. <laughs> like, <laughs> the the. You know, they have, like, a fourth line, I guess, but, like, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, so I will say that our Maple Leafs projection is without bunting in the lineup. So that's I, – I, I still have – What is the current – what is he injured? I don't know this. I, I mean, I don't think it's, like, a long-term injury. I, I don't yeah, think okay. he's in – I don't think he's in tomorrow night. So okay. with, tonight, if you listen to this. With bunting in the lineup, I would imagine that would bump up maybe a percentage or two, um, depending upon who he replaces. If he's replacing, like – I don't know, Kasha or Blackwell, maybe not that much, but uh, if he's replacing like Clifford, then which is interesting because it does because we have the it, it would what this implies that we have a slight like if both teams were held equal that we have the the light uh, lighting is a little bit better than the Leafs, correct? Because the yes, because of the home team advantage yeah, so, in this situation, which is interesting. I mean, the Lightning are kind of still stupid stacked in their own way, and they also well, and have, they have Vasilevsky. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Campbell is kind of we're we're not super low on Campbell, even though he had his big time struggles earlier. But are they think, going? They're riding Campbell most of this. I haven't followed the the goal. Yeah, I think I think so. Okay, but I, I think that, I think Morazic is basically going to be back. So that was like another like LTIR type of thing where they could never bring Morazic back. Like. So they just like left him on LTIR. So I think he like theoretically he could come back. I don't think they're putting Shogren in. So I think it's like Jack Campbell. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, the Lightning are yeah they're just um I mean 
Yeah, they're the Lightning. <laughs> like, what are you supposed <laughs> to say so, at this point? Yeah. They like well, like that's the thing. Like we the do the, the strengths and weaknesses, and like as you know, like weaknesses. Like what weaknesses does yeah. Tampa have? Well, they they definitely yeah. had like their rough stretch themselves, where like things were going a little there's it was it got a little hot in the kitchen like let's just say that like there's people like doubting if like they're like a play a stanley cup contender and whatever and like they definitely had like their rough stretch but like what is tampa like truly poor at and i think yeah. like the answer to that is like likability maybe and yeah. that's about it yeah yeah like, i mean they're playing we have them playing bogosian right now which bogo uh and also our our projections do not like their bottom line it's so I know, funny. I so know this is the funny thing. They're, like, they're also kind of older, but this is I found this and Sean mentioned this. I don't know if this was I don't remember when. Maybe we were just chatting about it. But that that yeah, the the um the the Maroon Bellamar uh Perry line is like one of the best lines in XG this year. It's one of the best strength. yeah, it's one of the best lines in hockey. And they've outscored their opponents twenty five to nine. And they're all like thirty four and older. It's so funny. It's like the yeah. weird and so our yeah. projections don't like any i mean no, they're just so, below yeah. average that's what we but, have. but that's it that's like a almost like a chemistry type of thing yeah right yeah, and yeah, like yeah. i get like when you look at it like raw like maybe they're it's because they're like they're facing like worse competition or whatever yada yada right yeah yeah but that is like a deadly line if you can get a fourth line that's working well for you then it just makes everything easier especially on the road like yeah it, and like the model's not necessarily taking that into consideration but like in terms of like line matching and whatever like to have a good fourth line in playoffs is like huge. Yeah. Yes. Now, granted, they are. I mean, like you know, let's just go back to the Leafs here, and I think I believe that Austin Matthews is number one. He's our first overall in terms of the player impact among the player models. Yeah. Um. That now we'll see when when Bunty comes back. Um. But that if he can overtake in, Matthews in the in the top of the player yeah. impact. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was gonna say, but the yeah the Matthews Bunting Marner line that's still the line right if Bunting comes back are they gonna, they're not is there shuffling gonna happen no they're not gonna like brainiac that one okay yeah. yeah so that that one is the first overall in terms of overall XG at five on uh, five together now this is obviously raw but it's interesting to see um, you know that there I think the Leafs the Leafs are really interesting because like mostly just because of the discourse and like the Leafs fans who are already like you the anxiety is like almost palpable I can almost feel it on Twitter in the air among Leafs fans and there's already Leafs fans who are just like pick they're like no we're gonna lose we're gonna lose it's gonna happen I think just to kind of protect from the fact just in case they do lose but this is uh, I think this is kind of what the East is I mean like there's yeah. just some really really tough matchups for early on and that's yeah just I mean I what, think basically anybody who drew Florida was gonna have a tough time um, yeah, but like you would think, this Leafs team—I think this is probably the le- best Leafs team that's ever existed. Maybe I mean I'm not entirely sure, but like, but then they not to, ever existed. Uh, well, I mean, it kind of, it theoretically kind of, is. yeah, yeah. I, guess so. I mean, I'm just saying that like this Leafs team is so good, but they have to then play the light this Lightning team in the first round, which is just like you know. I mean, I'm not trying to to. So, like, like, this is my thing. It's, like, I feel like the Bruins going to the Metro division is, like, tax evasion. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's exactly how I feel about it. It's, like, you had the intentions to, like, lose at the end here. Or, like, uh, not necessarily the intentions. But, like, it was a battle at the end of the um, regular season, the final day. Tampa won. um, But, like, to lose to the Leafs on the final day so that they wouldn't have to face the Leafs in the first round and then if they like inevitably beat the Leafs they then have to like play Florida and lose 
So yeah. I think like, I mean, I that's, mean, ta- that's yeah, like yeah. tax evasion. Well, yeah, because the Atlantic, right? I mean, like if whoever wins this is probably. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a hilarious upset and Florida loses, but like having to play oh, against that would Tampa be so and funny then, if the Capitals beat like, the, the Panthers. I, I, I mean, think the Leafs probably have like the hardest side of the bracket. I mean, like if they beat the Lightning, then they have to probably go play the Panthers, right? Like, and then I don't know. I, I maybe I'm. I, I don't know. Anyway, it's it seems like a, a bit of bad luck for Toronto, but I guess that's what happens when you're the Leafs. Yeah, it's like the four best teams seem to be from the Atlantic. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yes. they yeah. So yeah. whatever. We'll uh, our sponsors like calling us and we'll be back. <laughs> I guess I guess with like the the Western Conference, which it's not like I watch anything for the Western Conference. So. You got us here. You got us. Yeah, here you got us. Cover. I know that. I know that. So we'll be we'll be back after this. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, Regularized Adjusted Plus Minus, Skater Contract Projections, Visualizations, Charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Thank you so much to our sponsor for their lovely message. Um, so getting back to things here, Western Conference, will I stay up for these games? Probably not. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just getting older now. The best so, conference. Yeah. You know, the Pacific said- time zone, <laughs> seven o'clock Pacific time zone is like bedtime for me, right? Did you so. say the Western Conference? <laughs> yeah, I said the no, Western, the Western. <laughs> I said the, the best ba- Western, the, the Western conference, <laughs> the best Western. Are we going to do these out of order of the divisions or are you going to, I mean, uh, do you want to do the Tuesdays and then, and then Mondays do again, same, do it the same way. Do Monday, Tuesday. However you did it for the East. Do it I did Tuesday way. and then Monday. I don't know why I did that, but so like, <laughs> do it. Backwards. We'll start out. Well, the Tuesday series are like the, the blah series, like the, the, the one seeds, right? So you, you have just get the one seeds out of the way. Or do you want to start with the closer well, series? This is the order that we're doing it. Okay, do it. Start it. The Call Tuesday games are the ones are the ones. So you got um Calgary and Nashville, as we've discussed already. Poor Tyler Sagan can't go to see Justin Bieber because <laughs> obviously like he's not gonna go to Alberta. So um that series should not be uh too exciting. What are what are the odds, Luke? Okay, so we're doing Calgary. We're doing Nashville at Calgary after they blew a 4-0 lead to the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> for the second time to um, not play uh, color. Uh, uh, no, no, no. We're doing Dallas Calgary. No, it's it's Nashville, it's Nashville. Calgary. Nash. No, no, no. Nashville. Calgary. Oh no, no, no. It is yeah, Dallas. Yeah. I screwed this up. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You're, you're freaking me out here. <laughs> I have it right. Yes. Okay. So and I legitimately do- thought for a second that Tyler Sagan was on Nashville. That's. <laughs> I got confused too. Okay. So Wait, we're hold. starting with Calgary, Nashville, Dallas at Calgary. This yeah. is the series. Okay. We have Calgary at eighty-six point seven percent to win the series. Um, and again, just a disclaimer, these are not exactly final, so they may change if you are following along with our write-up. Um, same with some of the rosters, but it should be within a couple, one or two points, plus or minus, I would imagine. So yes, we have the Flames heavily favorite, heavily favored, which doesn't make, I mean, that's, I think nobody would be surprised by that. Obviously, the Flames have been one of the best teams in the West. They have incredible underlying numbers. They have some of the best forwards in the league. 
you know, it's Well, been, it's also funny. I think the Flames probably have the – where the Leafs maybe have the hardest road, I think the Flames have the easiest because they, they play Dallas and they have very favored and they're going to bend up then playing the winner of L.A. Edmonton. And I, I think, like, Colorado also has just because the West is not very good. But um, I think the win – like, I would say that Minnesota and, and St. Louis are – well, we'll get to them. I'm not going to spoil our, uh, you know, the rest of the podcast. But yeah, the Flames are kind of, they're they're just stupid good. I don't like it's it's like I don't think do they have like, I mean, what's their weak? I don't do they think have, they're stupid good. Like you guys I, like overhyped them. I feel. I don't think. I mean, like I was like, Is that the, that's the scorch deck influence. Uh, maybe it's like, the scorch deck influence. It might be. It might be. But I think the most impressive thing for the Flames is like they've fielded um, Eric Branson, like made him like an all right defenseman. <laughs> Like, that is one of the most impressive things an NHL organization <laughs> has ever done since Kyle brought in Cody CC and made him, like, semi-useful for the Leafs. It's kind of true. I, I, I mean, I, I I mean, this is more impressive than the CC one, but, like... It's not like Branson's been that good. I mean, he's been, he's like... He's been above average. Yeah, I guess that's true. Which is... He's been above average with a whole career of just being horrible. Yes. Yeah. Let's also say that CeCe's been, like, kind of okay, about the same yeah, with the Oilers Sean this was year. Saying, yeah. No, with Oilers this year. With Oilers, yeah. Not Kyle. I'm not talking about Toronto. He, I'm talking CeCe, about... CeCe, as, as he, he's like a fine wine, too. Yeah. He's like Bergeron, <laughs> like you were saying. Yeah. CeCe, CeCe he, he just gets better with yeah, age. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I guess it's more that the Flames just are very... They're, 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 they're just... Stacked. They have a I lot mean, of very good top end talent, like yeah. Kachuk, Gaudreau, Mike I, mean, I, I, I guess Lindholm. I don't understand why you would say that they're not like you know. I just think good. you overhype them. It's not that no, they're not I, mean, good. I don't know. I just think you overhype them because they're like in the Pacific in in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I guess I I just think that the Flames are very good. I think the energy that was there for the North Division last year like should still be there for the Pacific and it's like not to the same regard. And I think it's just because the Leafs aren't in it. Like the Pacific division is just so bad. Yeah. I mean, and, I yes. And the is. Western conference as a whole, like is just a significant step below the East. Although like, I guess like the East, like the bottom half of the East oh, is yeah. like, horrific, but, but I, mean, I don't know. I guess the flames also have like, I mean, they're just, yeah, I, I guess I could see there being a little bit of that there. But, they, I mean, they also have, like, you know, Markstrom has been really good this year. I mean, also their top four D are really good. Yeah. I mean, Tanev has been also – Chris Tanev has ter- taken a turn back. He had some rough years there, if I remember did he? correctly. I'm pretty sure he's been good for a no, while. Let's unless go check evolvinghockey.com. Yeah, check, check the – it's we had funny. Somebody, side note, somebody asked us if we, after our, like, we did an award store today, and somebody was like, what's your, okay, so these are your objective opinions. What are your subjective opinions? And I was like, uh, I don't really have those, like, anymore. I, I no longer have a gut feeling about anything because we're so connected to all of this stuff that I don't even allow myself to. So we, yes, I don't, other than, yeah, anyway. Yeah, Tanev had a couple really bad, not great years with Vancouver in the 1819 and 1920 seasons. And then he had a really good last year and a really good this year. Um, and he is 31. So it, it, it's kind of an interesting resurgence. I mean, our projections have him as the best player, or best D on the, the Their the top flames. four is really good. Their I top four D is really good. We should we and, haven't talked enough about – we haven't even talked about the stars. Although who's Tanev play with? Do you know off the top of your head? Or you just have to, like, go to, go to the I, combos I have table? have to go to the combos table. Because, like, that's been <laughs> the thing with Chris Tanev, right, where it's like – He's a super good, like, chemistry match. Like, he I, – I guess I, – I didn't look. I guess maybe the numbers are bad with his time with, like, Quinn Hughes in terms of, like, rap him and stuff. But, like, 
he like played with Quinn Hughes and then he leaves and like Quinn Hughes has like a bad year. It's Shillington. Shillington. So there you go. It, it, yeah. You have like that Quinn Hughes type, like Shillington's a pretty offensive defenseman. Like he's a good, he could be a great utility if you put him with a defenseman. That's like the complete opposite of him. Cause he's so like defensive yeah. minded. And if you give him an offensive minded defenseman to like take some of the breakouts and different things like that. And like, you have Christiana just being responsible. Like he just, he's a defenseman that like allows others around him to play to the best of their abilities. It's a little and bit like, like the the like Jonas Berdine type player who mm-hmm. isn't like he's just a good companion, like good secondary, like good on his own companion. But, yeah, like, companion. I like, would definitely helps. marry Jonas Berdine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Berdine's like our guy. You know, that's our guy for a long, long time. But like that's the same thing. Like they put you know Matt Dumba in him. That's like Brodine allows Dumba to be kind of a little bit more like not as you know rely on the defensive side or whatever. But um, I don't know. I think the Flames are maybe it's a little bit the Western Conference, but they also are the the stars are I think hilarious <laughs> in terms of how top heavy they are. Um, yeah, we're talking about Boston being top I heavy. I mean, you want an actual top heavy team? That's the stars. They're you probably can, the most top heavy team of any team in the playoffs yeah, this year. I don't like I, their top line is incredible. It's 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 and Robertson, then, Hintz, Pavelski, and then Heiskanen. That's the team you can maybe throw in Lindell and maybe Suter a little bit. I think Suter's no, been like no, he's I don't know. Mediocre. I mean, like I no. I know, but I'm saying that he's been but like, like the you stars, have to pick, like, but it's like our that models top, you know really really don't like Roddick Foxa and do not like Glenn Denning. And I mean, their whole bottom six, kind of bottom nine, are like almost below average on our models. Well, it, it reminds me of the Oilers of recent years. This Stars team does, where it's like maybe not to the extent of like McDavid and Drysaddle good, but like I mean, I don't know. Robertson has been. He out of Robertson's definitely year. better than McDavid, but like, <laughs> but like I don't know who. <laughs> Again, I know I forget. Like people don't recognize that I'm joking, but like Robertson, yes, he's been like a legit star and i love jason shout out to jason um and shout out to pavelski shout out to he's the, 37 he's 37 he's having an uh, incredible two year. americans then you have like hints it kind of like ruins it could have been like an all-american line that would have been great but um well, I mean, yeah where is rupe i don't know where i was going with this now again but like i think that i think the stars are significantly well, not significantly worse. I think they're worse than like a couple teams in the East. So that's like another sad part to me. Like I think the Islanders are honestly better. Oh, you really? Um, I, I genuinely think that. Yeah, I mean, I think the Stars are they're I mean, I think it's fun because they have like I think Robertson's a really fun player to watch, and I think that line has been so dominant this year. Um, and but like outside of that, and and you have like I don't know, it's yeah, you just have a lot of these. I don't know. It, so uh, the with or without use are pretty crazy, and it's just like <laughs> yeah. what else is there to them? No, yeah, I, yeah it's like I mean, and and I mean, we've had. Uh, let's see, where do we have Klingberg? Klingberg is yeah, okay, solid. I mean, Lindell. Well, but this other... is the you know the Rick Bonus effect that we've everyone talks about. Yeah. But... Well, they're also the the only team in the playoffs that has a negative goal differential from the regular season, <laughs> which is just I think very funny whenever that happens. Yes. Now but we they're talked also about the this, only but... team in the playoffs with a goaltender with a nickname Otter. So like, <laughs> our models really like Otter. <laughs> is it Otter? I remember. I remember. It's Ottinger. He's a I Minnesota boy. Isn't when, he is um, a Minnesota boy. When. So I went to a UMass game back when Kale was there. I think, I think it was, I think it was Kale sophomore year, and um, and they played BU, and everybody was chanting that the goalie was ugly, and I really felt bad because like his last, his name is Otter, you know, like how can you just how can you disrespect somebody like that? So 
Um, maybe Otter kind of comes out of nowhere, and I don't know what Otters do, but maybe like you get an upset here. So uh, uh, moving on I'm to not... the other series in the in the in the Pacific. So yeah, or... so Colorado and Nashville. No, yes. not in the Pacific. The Tuesday okay. games, bro. Okay, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Um, so, so I mean, got... as people, yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> So what were you gonna say, Sean? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just get no, excited. No, no, no. It's it's fine, Luke. You're you're very passionate. Sorry, I just have it. Okay, we have. Uh, this is um, Nashville at Colorado. We have Colorado at an 88.7 percent chance to win. So, and this is without Soros, correct? This is without Soros. Um, last night we had Brian Bastian, um, uh, who's a Nashville. I think on the four check is that covers he was just asking about okay well what would the probabilities be with if saros was in this is what i was alluding to earlier and i ran the model again just kind of a check um and i think that it it increased nashville's chances like three percent or like four percent so like i think and that a lot- is not very good no big save dave is not uh he had a couple good years i was looking at it with uh with the flames he did have a couple good years like 18 19 but like, our models do not like Riddich. Um, big save, Dave. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's unfortunate because, as I was saying, I think that goalies are very hard to project. Um, and and so the model is rather conservative on their impact in predicting game outcomes, at least in our experience, where the way that our model is trained. So I think a lot of people might have – I think there's a huge focus on starting goaltenders and, like, which goalies are going to be playing, but based on our model – it doesn't like I think some people might say you know it'll it'll bump Nashville by like ten or fifteen percent, which is just not what we see. Um, so yeah, Colorado uh, they've had they had kind of a I would say kind of for their standards a pedestrian end of the year. Um, their differentials were not super impressive considering the team, but I think that they had you know some a lot of players that they don't plan on playing in the playoffs. And just looking at their lineup, I mean it's you know they're I mean, they're it's a little comical. Yeah, it's their their team is nuts. Like, yeah, well, but like what they were doing, I don't think that they're going to be playing. Doesn't look like they're going to be playing McDermott as much, no. or at all. They're not going to have. They're not going to be icing Jack Johnson. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to be playing. Uh, I mean, they're just an incredibly deep team yeah. too. Like, so, they, like I guess Luke, what you were saying is towards the end of the year they were playing some players to either arrest other players or to maybe have some cap um, management type stuff at the end of the season. Um, and it looks like they're going to be relying more on their full roster that doesn't have the usage of like McDermott who can swap between positions and you know all like basically all of these. Uh, different, um, I think, different options that they seem to be yeah, doing, which but I impacted mean, their like the Avalanche. I mean, you can't, you know, it's it's like nobody's going to be surprised. They had one of the best. They were favorites for the President's Trophy, and then kind of fell off a little bit. But I mean, they have like, I, I think like like Miko Rantanen is just I think a player that people don't talk. Maybe people talk about him enough, but I think McKinnon kind of gets a lot of the McKinnon and McCarr kind of get the spotlight on the Avalanche. But I mean, we have Rantanen as their best. Uh, not their best player. Makar is their best player. I mean, also in our models, yeah, in our models. And Taves is like their top two. I don't know. Do Taves and Makar play together? I don't know who Makar normally plays with. But well, I think you look at Makar, Taves, and Gerard, and those are like, yeah. You know, I mean, and so it's like their top forwards are like Ranton and McKinnon, Burakovsky, Nachushkin, Landisklag, Kadri. Like that's a really crazy group and i know that nichushkin i don't think is playing top six minutes i don't think he is but um i don't know if burakovsky is either 
But like, I mean, they just have an incredibly deep lineup, and I mean, I would say that they're prob they probably would be our favorites from the West. Like, I think if we had like, I don't run a simulation to sim out every single round, but I would imagine that our best chances are probably Colorado from the West and Florida from the East. I think I'm not sure. It would I would have, I would I have to check. It's a little bit tough to to guess that. But yeah, but I mean that's not really surprising. I, I don't know. There's not much else. I think Nashville is 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 an interesting team because I think they they actually do grade out as like basically probably the most average team in the league. Like they I, they literally I, at the end of the season finished with a um, with a zero xd percent per sixty differential, <laughs> like actually zero, not off by a decimal. Um, they I mean obviously they have Yossi and they have Philip Forsberg. Uh, Matt Duchesne has and and Ryan Johansson, but Matt Duchesne specifically had like a really resurgent season. So like there are some pieces for Nashville that I think are really intriguing. Uh, but they, I think also losing Soros is like a really really big, um, yeah, huge for them. And the fact that he's like being replaced by Riddich, which I mean again, no 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 offense to Big Save Dave, but I don't think Nashville is a. Uh, um, they don't. <laughs> Sean, Sean Sorry, Tarby I love that nickname. You're so saying that. Didn't he it's fight such like a good Talbot? What? He fought Cam Talbot. I don't know. I don't remember. I just think that nickname is great. But I don't know. Nashville is like I. I think they have some some pieces, but like I don't know. It's it's, it's a, a rough, really really they, tough they got, matchup. I think yeah, in this situation. they got a, they got a rough now. Oh. Nashville fights like crazy, and I don't know. Maybe they're going to try and gonna... get all physical and and you know and fight a bunch in the in the playoffs, which I don't really. I don't really see that doing anything. I don't think, you know, I guess the one, there's maybe some doubt around, like, I, I guess around Kemper. Like, you could maybe say, like, maybe there's a little bit of, like, a... I don't think so. I but don't I, I don't think. I mean, Let's you're really stretching. This one. I, mean, okay. I mean, yeah, Sean's you can stretch it. Um, <laughs> that, oh, that's, by the way, that's our number one. That's our highest rate probability of a team winning in this series. And I think it's, like, the highest we've ever had in the first round. I no, think. it's not. We had Colorado no, higher. Had last year. They were over oh. ninety last year. Okay, that, yeah, I thought that, I thought that was the second round, but yeah, that's first. Okay, all right, next one, Sean. Okay, um, so I guess we'll we'll go with L.A. and Edmonton now. Um, the Gretzky matchup. <laughs> I don't has anybody like I, I haven't seen anybody like put two and two together there. That like that's the Gretzky matchup. That's the Gretzky like, matchup. I don't yeah. I don't know either. Anyway, yeah, we have um, Edmonton. The at- Gretzky Cup. Seven. <laughs> I'm 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 putting that one out there. That's what I'm calling it. For the, we have for the Edmonton series. at seventy two point four percent to win over the Kings. Yeah, and I this is I think maybe the most interesting series to me. Like mostly because it's like a weird one, I think, and it's going to be undercovered and it's on the West, and they're going to have all the late games, and Sean's not going to watch any of them. Um, but I, yeah, no, he's not. Uh, I just think the Kings are like the Kings remind me of like like a 2015 like analytics darling type team like that's what it seems like to be where they have like great like more or less like they're kind of undercovered um they have their shot metrics are really have been pretty good all year and like they, but they don't really have the scoring to go along with it, it kind of reminds me of like the canes from like several years ago um that you know were and I don't know. So, like, but the Oilers are – well, we'll get to it. I'm kind of rambling here. Uh, I, I just think the Kings are a really interesting team. But the Oilers are – I think this is maybe the best Oilers team that we've seen in several years. I, I mean, in for a long time. It might. I mean, it might be decades. This might be the best Oilers team we've seen in decades. I don't know if that's – is that a hot take, Sean? You're looking at me like I'm a little crazy here. Well, it's like you're, you're like, this might be the one, best one we've seen in years. <laughs> and like then you just – And it's like not that long ago they were like one, like – 10 straight lotteries or something like no i know i'm i guess i'm the, the I'm, middle of the 2000s <laughs> and like the early but 
teens. Yeah, were, like, I, I horrific. looking in looking into the Oilers though. I think is that like at least for the last few years when we've been doing these playoff coverage or we've done any kind of models, it's basically like the team was McDavid and Drysaitel, and then like the worst depth in the NHL. Like, and now they have a lot of supporting pieces that they haven't had before. Um, and their shot, like, this is the best, I think, since 2007, like, the highest that they've ranked in, like, several of the shot metrics that we've seen. Um, I think that, like, Pugliarvi, uh Yamamoto, uh, Bouchard, Nurse, like, they, I just think that they're, like, an interesting team. But the only thing is, like, they have Mike Smith, who's 40 years old. Um, and yeah, I don't know, like, what Mike Smith's going to look like. Oh, yeah, in the we playoffs. have we have several goalies this year who are like breaking our goalie age model age tier. <laughs> like, we have like Flurry, Mike Smith, Jonathan Quick, like Cam Talbot's thirty four now. Like, it's just like for those who don't know, like, I think that when we release these, like, some of these older goalies, they um, are kind of <laughs> it's kind of an aspect of survivorship bias. If people are f- familiar with that, where the model when we train the goalie projections, the age adjustment for old goalies is like super harsh because most of the old goalies, like there's not a lot of goalies that play when they're over 34, 35, and the ones that do, like are kind of like fading out of their prime, and and so generally they decline pretty heavily. But there's like a pure example of like all we you know it's like we have Yager and Chara and I don't know. Justin Williams, <laughs> Justin and, Williams, know. like all at the same time in the playoffs, but they're goalies. So it's kind of it's goalie projecting is just really hard. It's really annoying. So it's, yeah, I don't think quick quick is going to grade out really poorly. He's going to grade out ours. poorly, and even I though think he that, had a good he had a good season, he had a like good he, season, and this is the model we trained before the year. It's what we used in our game predictions um, all year. Basically, well, not exactly. This is the for the preseason points, but um, yeah. So quick grades out pretty poorly. Um, even though he had a re- pretty strong year, and that's mostly because of his age, and there's just kind of a uh, projection here that's based on prior data, and that's the kind of trends that we've seen in the NHL. But I, I would say that that's probably low um, given his most recent season. But also, again, goalies are really weird. But the thing with the Kings is like their their best player is what Ben Deneau. I mean, Kobitar and Dowdy have been good this year. Um, they just don't really have like. A lot of teams, it, this is, I don't know, I, I guess we could go look at it, but they just don't have, like, it seems like almost every team in the playoffs this year has, like, a legitimate, like, star or, like, a really, really, like, kind of high-end player, more or less, or uh, several of them. The Kings don't really, at least from, like, the offensive side of things, don't really have that player um, or two. They have a very solid depth team, and I think in terms of overall skater performance, they do a really good job of, like, suppressing shots and they're, you know, um, that way, but I think one of the, the weaknesses is just that it seems like they struggle to score, um, and they also, yeah, there's a little bit of uh, up in the air with Quick, uh, just given his recent performances um, in, like, prior seasons and also his age. Um, so, I don't know. It's the Oilers. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the McDavid Dreisaitl, uh kind of show, but also our models really love Bouchard, uh, for the for the Oilers also and yeah, what, do you, what do you think, Sean? The Kings were your preseason like favorite, weren't they, or whatever? No, like that was like <laughs> the thing where like what teams are outside the playoff picture, and one of you was like a coward and like picked the that would Rangers be in the playoffs, and yeah, picked the Rangers. Is that you, Josh? You no, it was me. It was me. Yeah. What I you were both talking at the same time? No, it was me. Luke picked the Rangers in the preseason projections. Yes. Okay. Josh's thing goes off though too. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I picked the Kings, and then um, the other the one was the Stars. stars. I had the Stars. And, yeah. And uh, I'm like way too tired to like pick out which one of you is which at this point. <laughs> I got dead serious. 
Um, but yeah, huge shout out to us to getting all of them. And I think yep. this could be a, a breakout for Quentin Byfield. I think um, Kings in five, Byfield, <laughs> Byfield scores 10 points and uh we're moving on like I think it was funny though i was be... looking to see uh, among the po- just i don't care about this but i was just curious to kind of analyze the narratives or whatever and i'm pretty sure the la's points leader this year has been kopitar and i think he has 67 which is like like 60th in the league or something it's like i don't think they have a player in the top like 50 in terms of points like this season so it is i they're that a fun breakout i'm telling you. yeah no i mean but, it's i true. mean kopitar is a, yeah. a legend so you yeah know, who is. knows and i love to know has been one of our guys for a while so i think it'll be a really interesting series that i will be watching sean will not be watching because he's going to go to bed and also um it, it's late i think these are going to be the late well yeah really so late series. so now as sean is falling asleep we will move on to the last series in the first round which well, we is... have one more that's it yeah <laughs> we did we did Calgary, Colorado, and Edmonton. There were all the home teams, and now we have the Blues at the Wild, um, which is the last one, um, which has probably been the fir- the series that has been set the longest. So that's the one that everyone was no knew was going to happen. For home the ice took a little bit. Home was- ice, yeah, did take a little bit, but um, the Wild kind of went on a bender there. But um, yeah, we have Minnesota right now. This is with Flurry starting because that's what. It, nobody knows if Cal, Talbot or Flurry are starting, so we're going with Flurry, and um, we have the uh, Minnesota Wild at sixty six point three, sixty six point four percent to win over the Blues. Um, I think it's kind of interesting because um, I know the Blues have been relatively hot in the end of the year. Um, well, they were right, didn't they go on some? Yeah, crazy, they, they like, won like fourteen to sixteen or something, and I think they've. Yeah. But just, I mean, I guess I should have said this earlier, but yeah, our model, we don't take recent team performance into, like, we don't use that to predict playoff outcomes. That's the, um, We use that for our regular season projection, projections, but once you get into the playoffs, it's just we can't really model it that way, given how our we set this up. Um, you could kind of, I think, a little bit, but it would be kind of weird, so we don't. We don't factor in any recent. We also team we also don't. We should have said this earlier as well. We don't factor in any like um uh like in season series. Yeah, there's results. no like head to head matchups. Yeah. So I know Sean, you mentioned how the the Canes and the Bruins like the Canes kind of dominated the Bruins in the regular season. And or I think something. I don't know, sixteen to one goal difference. Yeah, <laughs> so that would be if people are confused as to why that is. It's because we just use the the rosters solely as the predicting the way to predict teams so and also, also the, it's only the three wild games. Lost, like i think they they weren't very good against the blues in the regular no, the wild season have yet. never really been good good against the blues i don't know yeah. why but yeah that's what we have them projected 66.3 whatever percent um and yeah i mean i think the wild are kind of an interesting team also but i think the just with the blues i mean like you know i mean rangers fans always hate us when we talk about paulo blusnevich but yeah he's had oh, he's a, been their mvp yeah well, Huso uh, is that Huso Huso um, has been also very very good for them. Yes. I don't know what's going on with Bennington. I mean, like he's not been he's been really not good this year. Um, yeah, but also like our models are liking Justin Falk now. Like, what yeah. year is it? I don't know. It's like <laughs> he was good last year, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. So it's like I don't know the the Blues and their defensemen. Like Pareko for years used to be an analytics darling, right? Like he was. One of like he, I mean, for well, this is a couple years now, maybe three or four years ago. I think he's had a lot of injury issues, but yeah, Pareko used to be just kind of an analytics darling, and he's fallen off a little bit. But um, I mean, the Blues, their bottom three of Letty, Bertuzzo, and Scandella, we our models do not like them. Um, and then their bottom, I don't know if this is their bottom line, but Barbashev, Torup, Chenk, 
Oh, that's a name. I've never heard that pronounced. <laughs> Torovchenko? Yeah, I think that's something like that. That's and then fine. Bozak. Uh, yeah, I'm... <laughs> you know what? I had to say, like, I know how to pronounce most of these names, but... <laughs> like, how I do you know... pronounce it, Sean? You've been a Blues fan. You're... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. I, I, again, I haven't watched much of the Blues or Western Conference. Team, yeah. I mean. yeah. So anyway, but I don't so know. The, blues, the Blues, like... Like it's, it's Bujnevich, but then I don't, Kyrou and Thomas have been really pretty solid this year, right? Yeah, and, and O'Reilly's still and there. O'Reilly's still good, and they have you know potentially that was the one thing is I I'm not we should look into this before we set rosters about their goaltending situation, but um, I I'm think pretty the, sure they're not going with Bennington. Yeah, no, I, I think it's Huso, but I was just making sure that it wasn't yeah. like some weird thing. But, and the Wilder, I mean, they're just like it's kind of interesting how the depth is kind of similar with the issues like to the Blues, but like the thing is that the the Wild, they just—I mean, their top two lines have really just kind of, yeah. Become, like the offense from the from the Kaprizov line and from the um the Boldy. I'm going to call it the Boldy line. No, it's, <laughs> the Fiala line is is uh like they're legitimate top six like lines that have a lot of threats uh and at even strength. Um, I think the biggest issue for the Wild, I mean, is goaltending, which we it's like I don't think Flurry's been. I mean, he's Flurry, so he is a known like he's older, but he has his moments. Talbot has not been particularly great this year either. I think the Wild might have the worst tandem in the league going into the playoffs outside of Nashville. Um, but I well, don't. But active, who are not injured. Tandem. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yes, like, I, I think, think the Wild have a they have a uh, a question mark on their goaltending. But I think compared to the Blues, I like our models are not very high on their bottom kind of line, um, especially if they're rostering Delorier. Who our models very much do not like. I think he might be the worst player. In the I playoffs think he might ours. be the worst player, worst <laughs> forward being played in the playoffs by our models. Um, now I know that there's a lot of intangibles there. He's not really being used for that. He, but again, he's not getting a lot of time. Either. He's not getting a ton of time. Um, but the Wilds, but mean, the Wild basically the Wild just have a higher quality top end um, than the Blues. Um, especially with those top that their top six. Sean doesn't um, agree, but I think that's true as well. <laughs> no, I think he does agree. He's just falling asleep over there. I but I did you know, just yawn. Though. <laughs> of course, of course, we have, like. So the, here's a funny thing. Like it's it's kind of comparable to Robertson. Like Kaprizov and Robertson have had kind of a very like the same trajectory. Like they their first two years in the league, they've both been incredibly good. Um, and so like. They're projecting out like in our player like the impact rating whatever like kind of estimate of what the player strength is like I think Kaprizov we have fifth in the league now um, after this season like he's just shot up like in um, like in his a lot of his play and um, I think Robertson was right up there too um, just because like. It's kind of the same thing what we saw with Elias Pettersson, where like young players, kind of younger. I know Kaprizov's like what twenty five now, twenty six. Man, I can't. Remember. No, I think he's twenty five. And I think Robertson's what twenty two, twenty three. I don't remember how old. Sean, he is. you're supposed to back us up. Wake yeah. up. Do you know how old Jason <laughs> Robertson is off the top of your head? Um, same age as Elias Pettersson. He's twenty seventeen. So add five to eighteen, twenty three. 23. Okay. So, like, that's the same thing we saw with Pedersen with, like, Pedersen's first two years in the league were, like, incredible. So then he projected out really, really high because that's just players who come in the league and have such strong first two years. Generally, the projection models are really going to be, like, they're going to, they're like to the moon, right? It's like they're really good. So, like, we, and, and then Spurgeon, we just, you know, yeah, I mean, goaltending. It doesn't matter when you have Jared Spurgeon there to <laughs> to control all of the defensive. Zone. So yeah, it, I think that one. Um, I could see. I think that we're um, 
maybe a little higher on the wild than I think the what I saw some of the betting markets are having them at. Um, but yeah, I mean, our models just really like the wild's forward talent and are not super high on the the Blues defensemen. Um, and I think you know, the one thing with the wild is that if they if they try and get a little like the, towards the end of the season. Um, they really, uh, and after the trade done on it, they were kind of just getting really physical for a lot of, and kind of getting away from some of the gameplay. I could see a, a certain trap where they fall into where they get kind of not, they stop focusing on, um, you know, maybe the actual game and they just get really physical and fights and all this stuff, which I think would potentially um, take away from their ability to play well. I don't know. I think this series will be really fun too, mostly just because I think the Wilds top six is, I mean, I'm biased, I guess, but I I don't know. I think it's, I think this is easily the best two lines the Wild have ever had. I mean, like in their top six, their depth is not as good as it was maybe, but they used to be a lower ceiling, higher floor type team. And now they're a much higher ceiling with a, you know, so I, it, this series is going to be, I think really close. Um, I would be my hunch. We're a little bit higher than I was maybe expecting on the Wild, but I don't know. Now we get to cheer for the Wild because our models like them. Yeah. As opposed to the last few years. When yeah, we get, to, we get to watch the Wild game with our dad, like the Wild playoffs with our dad, and like not have to like pretend to be cheering for the Wild. Because <laughs> like last year, the, we were really high in Vegas, and I really don't like when our models do poorly because we work really hard on them, and I want them to be right. Uh, and so I'd like... We've said this before, but like this, this, doing this for like six years now has kind of just shredded any fandom. Any joy I had of yeah. being a wild fan is now completely gone. So it's kind of nice when we our models are in in line. I get to kind of cheer for for our original favorite team. So. Anyway, but that's all the teams. Uh, yep. We should probably wrap this up. I wanted to see if just like what we did before the season, Sean. Who is your dark horse uh, pick out of either con- any team that you think like, is the underdog? Legitimate, like whatever team like you think Matt that's. That that is <laughs> not going to, trolling. Not trolling. No legitimate. Like let's pick the Blues. Dark I said it last. I okay. said it last um, week. Okay. So the Blues is your team. Luke, do you have a team? I mean, I've said this before. I I'm just gonna. Well, it's not, I'm trying to think of underdogs. I mean, really, the only true like underdog I feel confident in calling would be like the Blues because that's the closest we have. But I'm I I kind of think the Wild are gonna win the series. Um, but um, I don't know. <laughs> Can I? I'll take one of the close ones. I'll say um, uh, Toronto. No, Tampa. You're gonna say Tampa. No, I'm not gonna say Tampa. <laughs> I I think the Leafs are gonna win that series. This is me kicking myself now, preemptively. Luke's but just going on jinx after jinx. Here. I know, just jinxing <laughs> everyone. It's not that hard to just pick a team, bro. See, this is somebody who was actually on Twitter before, and like. I don't have gut feelings about these things anymore. Like we you just have, to have I, some intuition. Like I don't know. It doesn't no. seem like there's an underdog. And so I think like the the one that you could be like wrong on that like is any sort of underdog status is like the Blues. Like I just like I think that's yeah. the obvious one. But like I, I'm not gonna pick the Kings, right? I don't want to pick the Kings because I think because our models like the, why don't you want to pick the Kings? I was because well, I Kings think, mostly because I because I, I first of all I do not want to see what happens in Edmonton if they lose this round. <laughs> Because I not? just can't handle, I can't handle more Edmonton drama. Like I just don't want more of it because it's just like the worst. Because the takes are so bad, like the it's just awful. Like, uh, okay, I want... I'll get it out of the way. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Kings mostly because I was very, I was very nice to the Kings earlier, and I think that that's a series. Okay, that I... here I'm gonna pick the Penguins. There we go. That's who I'm picking. You're picking sorry. the Penguins. Yes. You're gonna piss off all the Rangers. I fans. know. I'm sorry. What you want? I, I don't know. I was you're making me okay. Scratch that. I'm gonna pick the Leafs. That's who I'm gonna do. They're not the underdogs. Leafs. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can't pick the Leafs if they're. Here's big. what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. 
I'm going to say Washington takes Florida to seven games. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not going to say they win, but I'm going to say Washington takes Florida I guess to we'll, seven games. This is too long of an episode. I guess we'll leave it at that. Yes. Sean has the Blues, which is a which is a cop out. I have the Kings. Which what do you is- mean it's a cop out? <laughs> aren't we doing for? But aren't we doing for the whole? Uh, oh no, playoffs? I wasn't. I was just doing first, first round. round. I'm talking first round upsets. That's it. Which is the I same mean, thing. I mean, I still picked the Blues. Yeah, I know exactly. Doesn't matter. I'm picking the Kings mostly because I don't have another one to pick. I don't think that one of the crazy underdogs is going to win. I don't. It'd be hilarious if like if. But if, like Luke doesn't pick Carolina here. Uh well, but I tried to pick the Penguins and everybody got mad at me. I didn't pick. I didn't get mad at you for picking the Penguins. <laughs> I didn't get mad at you. I just thought it was a bad pick. Here, I no. like the Penguins because Chris Letang is one of the most underappreciated defensemen. And they the have they have Evan Rodriguez. They still have. Uh, they do. I'm gonna go with the Penguins. Okay. Sorry, Rangers right. fans. I love you guys, but I'm sorry. Luke's to... love Rangers fans. Yeah, Rangers yeah. Fans there's are a great. lot of great Rangers Shout fans out to the out Rangers there. fans. Yeah. Uh, sounds like you're a bunch of brown nosers, but <laughs> that's okay. You know what? I'm just gonna say that I I don't. You know, I, I think that uh, I think everyone... Casey DeSmith is going to pull a Jake Allen, and it's <laughs> just going to. Well, that actually doesn't work because the Wild are such a heavy favorite in that sixteen yeah. seventeen way playoff. We're, we're way past we're time, way past and time. We're, we're losing our stream here, uh, or our, 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 I guess our, our, um, our energy. We need to finish this up. Uh, I just, I think the first round is going to be really fun. There's I think a lot it's of close really matchups. Yeah. After that, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to yeah. get boring after that because um, it always does. Yeah. Anyway, take take a look at our uh, uh, the overview we'll have up probably very early uh, Monday morning. It will likely be up before this episode is up. Um, it'll if you want a sneak peek, it'll probably be published on the site before a tweet goes out. So you know, if you're I don't know in Europe, you can see it early if you're awake, or if you're like one of us and stays up super late, then you can read it early. Um, but you're not going to know that because this is going to come out after that. <laughs> anyway, we're way past time. Sean, please end the episode for us. All right. Well, that was the first episode in like a month that we've had something to talk about outside of Charlie. So um hope you enjoyed it. And I think these will be more energetic podcasts as we go through the playoffs. So um, maybe by next week we'll have a sweep or two that we could talk about outside of that. Um, Will there be four games by then? Should we protect yes. which, which team you think is going to sweep first? The Avalanche. Okay. Yeah. Maybe the Flames. Sorry, Predators fans, but I think it's I mean, be- they're both on the same days. No. So, well, yeah, all the sweeps would possibly be on the uh, – yeah, that's true. Okay. Anywho, um, so we'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us and sticking with us through the chaos. Um, it was great. And uh, yeah, take it easy, John. Thanks, John.